to getting salty, baby. Yeah, here's the getting salty. Crack into it, my lord. Are we cracking? We're cracking. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. It's sunny today, but it's fucking frigid. Well, it's the wind that gets you. It's the wind it? that gets you. It's ya. the wind that gets you. I walked to work today. Uh, one inch of my ankles were exposed. She no if longer you can has believe. that one inch. No. It's, it's gone. It has been frostbitten right off of me. Oh, my God. Here's a... Well, I guess I can just leave that here for now. Okay. What is that you're asking? I, I am asking. Oh, yeah, you're asking the listeners. Also, you if you you feel like you're falling a little behind, eh? <laughs> I um, mean, I mean, no judgment. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna add more lemon juice to this. We're making, and it's strange. It feels strange to tell you what we're making before the topic, but you know what? It's right There's here. There's no rules, and also this is our podcast, so that's so true. This is our. This want. is our podcast. And we're just winging it, you know? And so we're going to see what happens. Uh, we're making lemon cookies. We are making lemon Le- cookies. Lemon crinkle cookies, they're called. Yeah. Um, this is not necessarily a, a podcast where we do a whole lot of baking, but... But we thought we'd give it a try today. So we're making like a little baby batch of these cookies to see how they turn out. From reading the recipe, which neither of us has done before. Yeah. Kind of gives me sugar cookie, but also... Like, with the lemon in there, I'm wondering if it'll be... It's like, it gives me, like, shortbread vibes almost, but not shortbread. I'm curious as to what the consistency of these is going to turn out to be. Are they going to be well, chewy? Yeah, it does feel very short. So far, the cookie dough is very unassuming. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting ride, you guys, so... So hang in there. And you know what else is an exciting ride? When you're, when you're flying over the Bermuda Triangle. And then you get lost. Yeah. <laughs> and then... You never come back. That and that's an exciting that's ride. It's pretty exciting. That's an exciting ride. I'll give you a this bowl of dough, my lord. Oh, and, thank uh, perhaps you. Perhaps a spoon, and you can make. Actually, I would I'm love gonna... to take two spoons. Um, when it comes to shaping and placing cookie dough, you got a method. On, uh, yes, this is a this is a Jane method. Oh, Jane Tilly makes an appearance. Here we go. She's entered the chat. Three minutes into the pod, can't go that long without mentioning one of them. <laughs> um. Especially since I just spent the whole weekend with we did. all of them. Yeah, after um, the minute updates. So, Mom, she uh, taught us when we were growing up and making cookies, you scoop with one spoon, and then you just push it off with the back of another. And then it just plops. It sure does. I love that. Yeah, there we go. I love that. Um, so, yes, uh, we're going to talk about the Bermuda Triangle today. Since if we're you really a- tell from that little that, that was little a great teaser. segue. That's a great segue. Um, best segue if we do say so ourselves, which we do all the time. <laughs> Listen, if we don't have our own backs, who will? No one. No one. No one. Also, but as I was looking this up, I saw something that was called. Uh, there's Lake Ontario. Like Lake Ontario has a version of the Bermuda Triangle. <gasps> I know. What? I know. And so I really oh. kind of, we're going to, okay, please let's inform. Do, we're going to have to, we're going to have to look into Kirk, that. Kirk, Kirk in the airplane, like that's, that's a real feasible, like that's a realistic could, thing. Okay, let's could, look at that first. Okay. Before we get into the regular Bermuda Triangle, okay, just because I saw, okay, so let's see what Baby Global Bermuda. News has to say. Oh boy. Strange things out there is the title. Inside Lake Ontario's Bermuda Triangle. <gasps> so, uh, let's see here. Uh, 
This guy was flying over the shores of Prince Edward County in Lake oh, Ontario. You know where that is? There's a lot of wineries there. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then something unnerving began to happen. Without any sign of turbulence, the plane banked sharply to one side and locked itself in that permission. Whoa. Or in permission. Position. Permission. In that permission. It was as if an invisible giant took hold of the wing. I could not straighten it out, said the pilot. Oh, that's crazy. Whose last name is Scott. Without the ability to counter, Scott feared his plane would flip over entirely and fall into a spin, which at 1,000 feet would have been tough to pull out of. Oh, God. His plane began to right itself after about 10 seconds. The same thing then happened with the other wing. Somehow, despite all the midair chaos, Scott was able to make it down safely, though he was understandably rattled. Shakes you up a bit. Like, what just happened, he said. 46 years later. 46 so, years later, apparently. He's, he's reporting on this. Does it, uh, out of curiosity, does it say what type of plane he was flying? He was flying a Cessna 172. So for our uh, our listeners out there, a Cessna is um, a decently small plane. Like, it can you know usually... You about planes. What? Because Kirk? Because Kirk. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, Jesus, you know plane, plane stuff? Okay. I do know plane stuff. I, this is why we're concerned that he this might end true. up in, in a similar situation. Um, but a Cessna is uh, a, like a four-person plane. It's little. Okay, so it's very little. So if that sort of thing happened to you over Lake Ontario, you'd be shit in your pants. Okay, so dubbed the Marysburg Vortex, or alternatively, the Graveyard of Lake Ontario. Oh my god. a small stretch of water off the shores of Prince Edward County has for centuries played host to shipwrecks, airplane mishaps, strange sightings, and mysterious disappearances. I will Global be news. calling Kirk the moment we get off of I this and telling him to avoid, which, you know what, he will probably do the now exact he's, yeah, opposite he's, Now he's going to go and look. Okay, Global News identified at least 270 and as many as 500 ships that met their watery end in that part of the lake. Whoa. 40 planes have met a similar grisly fate. 40 planes? 40 planes. Oh I'm, my god. I'm texting him right now. Wow. Texting him right now and saying, don't, don't go there. So, mm -hmm. apparently locals are well aware of the strange stories that come out of this area. Interesting. It's generally thought to encompass the eastern part of Lake Ontario, bounded by Prince Edward County on the west, Kingston to the east, and Oswego, okay. New York, to the south. Yes. So, <laughs> apparently it's, it's people use it as a code of its own. Uh, like, uh, if something didn't go right in your life, you're like, oh, sorry I was late for work, I got lost in the vortex. Oh. <laughs> They'll do the check, but I uh, must have got stolen by the vortex. Um, wow, that is wild. That is so crazy. So apparently, there's like a whole big, there's like a big, well, it's like a study about phenomenon. It. Yeah, I can't believe that I grew up in Ontario and had no idea what was going on with that. Purely because, as previously stated in some of our other like spooky mystery lore episodes, like these are the types of things I would have been all over as a kid. Okay, here's some notable wrecks, shipwrecks. Okay. The Bavaria, 1889. Okay. The Picton, 1900. The HMS Speedy, 1904. The George A. Marsh, 1917. The Quinlan, 19... oh, 1882. Okay. Ocean Wave, 1853. Wisconsin, 1867. J.W. Brooks, 1856. Wow. No survivors a in a lot of uh, these. Oh, no. Yeah. HMS St. Well, Lawrence. Depending on the year, the time of the year, I mean, Lake Ontario is cold. Pretty, pretty fucking cold. Uh, so, thanks to an abundance of cold fresh water, many of these wrecks lay perfectly preserved on the lake bed, like ghost memorials. 
Or in some cases, tombs draw diving enthusiasts from all over the world. So there's the Annie Falconer from 1904, which was found with the captain's binoculars still on the deck. Yes, I will pause That's horrifying. I hate that. Just to find out how long we're putting the cookies in Uh, for. Nine to 11 minutes, Meleesh. Okay. Wow. So is there a natural explanation? Um... I mean, one of the scientists says that, you know, it all it could just be basically bad luck. Could be bad luck and also... Storms or whatever. Um, like a placebo effect. Like, people maybe are like anxi- con- anxiously flying con- through it because they confirmation know the bias. Oh, yes, confirmation bias. Um, huh. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, well, I mean, the, the Great Lakes are no joke. The Great Lakes are no joke. I will say... They are dangerous. um, There was a shipwreck off of Georgian Bay. Like, you can see the bay proper, but um, the shipwreck itself kind of floated into this little alcove. And Mm. when I was a kid, my dad used to take us snorkeling there. Yeah. And it was cold enough that even in the middle of the summer, you'd have to wear, like, at least a bit, like, a short wetsuit to go in. But um, just to speak to the point of, like, the preservation of how cold the water... Like, this boat... It was from the late 1800s, and I distinctly remember, like, looking at it and being like, oh, it looks, like, I, I can tell exactly when it's from. See, and, like, I can't handle that, the concept, like, <laughs> you know I do not do well with water that I can't see the bottom. Nar. Like, nar. Instant, nar. <laughs> instant, like, I will throw up, or I'm going to start crying. The concept of you swimming somewhere where you can just see a ship and you're fine with that, that's like, below you, makes my butthole tighten like you would not believe. My sister and I were really into The Little Mermaid growing up, so it did have oh. a bit of, it had a bit of that intrigue, but Mm-mm-mm. there's certainly, my dad is very adventurous and a very uh, skilled scuba diver, and so for snorkeling, he would literally like go through like a little hole in the side of the boat and yeah. be like swimming around inside of it, mm-hmm. and I think my sister went with him once, like he had her go first and then he followed her. But, but did, she, did he lose her in the wreck and then he saw the ghost of a ranger <laughs> on the boat? <laughs> just let so his five-year-old just wander off in the woods. So no, she just go find my daughter, she lost in a shipwreck. <laughs> <laughs> my no. six-year-old just swimming around in a sunken boat. <laughs> it's fine, it's a chilly summer vacation. Yep. I, no, like the concept of that just makes me want to throw up. Like even if I see a branch underwater that I can see and I'm like, no, no, that's from above and now it's below. (laughs) No, I can't do it. So. Okay, interesting. As you can imagine, the Bermuda Triangle is something I thought was going to be a much larger problem in my day-to-day life than it is. Yep. What is the category that includes also quicksand? Yes, quicksand. um, Tornadoes. Tornadoes. um, Like pythons. Like a, oh yeah, like boa a constrictors. Yeah, like a constrictor of some sure, sort. Sure, sure, sure. Well, the python and the boa constrictor both present equal opportunity danger for kids because the python will just swallow you whole, like it does to the sheep. And right? you, remember, you'd always see those pictures. Of yeah, the, but it's like it's like huge bulge, and you see like deer bulge. legs yeah, sticking ooh, out. Oh no, my god! And then not. the boa constrictor would just squeeze the life out of you. Yeah, no, and see, I thought those were going to be huge problems, and so far only the boa constrictor has caused a major issue for me. <laughs> Um, okay, so Bermuda Triangle. Yes. The earliest suggestion of unusual disappearances in the Bermuda uh, Triangle area, which, by the way, is a weird triangle, like, it's pretty loosely defined, but it's sort of from the bottom tip of Florida up to Bermuda, down to Puerto Rico, and back to the bottom I'm not going to lie, I just almost asked you where it was. Well, it's because it goes Jelani, from Florida where to is Bermuda. the Bermuda Triangle? So it goes to Bermuda, but down to Puerto Rico, over to Florida, okay. on this little triangle map. So, the first, like, suggestion that something was weird was in 1950. 
Whoa. Weirdly. So I thought it was going to be way earlier. Really? Uh, I don't know why I... Anytime I think of the Bermuda Triangle, I do think of, like, World War II planes, like, getting lost okay, in there Okay, so yeah, I was reason. thinking, I was like, it must be, like, 1800s or something. But mm. So two years later, a different magazine, um, so it was in the Miami Herald that someone published something. Someone reported someone going missing? Uh, it was an article published, it doesn't say what the title was, but Edward Van Winkle Jones. Oh, <laughs> he published a published a, a an article about it. Two years later, Fate magazine published Sea Mystery at Our Back Door. <gasps> Which sounds a little like sea mystery yeah, at our back Whoa. door. It's like a scuba porn. Oh. <laughs> uh, so it was uh, a, an article by a guy named Short Sand. Short Sand. Jesus Christ. George Sand. Short Sand and Van oh. Winkle Jones. Short. And uh, what's her name? The girl from last week. Oh, Bambina. Yeah, Bambina. <laughs> Jesus. Short Sand. George Sand. So I was trying to say a short article. Short article by George Sand. Okay. Covering the loss of several planes and ships, oh. including the loss of Flight 19, a group of five U.S. Navy Grumman TBM Avenger torpedo bombers. Okay. On a training mission. I see. Uh, so it was the first to lay out a now familiar triangular area where the losses took place, as well as the first to, to suggest that there was a supernatural element. <gasps> oh, spooky. Very spooky. So it would be covered, Flight 19 alone would be covered way more times in the future. Okay. As like a particular, um, like a weird, particularly weird um, incident. Mm-hmm. Um, the flight leader had been, been heard saying, apparently, we are entering white water. Nothing seems right. We don't know where we are. The water is green, no white. I don't love that. No, I don't either. Uh, but I'm like, who? Oh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> don't like it. Don't like it. So there's a whole bunch of... As we know, there's lots of books, there's articles, all sorts of things. Um, let's see, before I get into the criticism mm-hmm. of uh, the Bermuda Triangle, let's get into some hypothetical explanation attempts of the triangle. Yes. Because so, sorry, so no. just, just to confirm, because yeah. I think, at least for me, because uh, you did most of the legwork on the research mm. today, and... For myself, like, the way I've always interpreted Bermuda Triangle in popular culture is that, like, it's a fact that people have got lost in there and not come back out. Oh, totally. Okay. Like, a ton of times. Like, okay. And they don't know why or when or how. Okay. Yes. And so, so that's so just these, the thing. these are the hypotheticals as to why... Yeah, as to why it's happening. Why people just disappear in there. Oh, exactly. I'm ready. Okay, yes. So, so yeah. Um, the, I mean, I guess I should say, I sort of assumed everybody knew what the Bermuda Triangle was in pop culture. In... Ge- geographically, it's that little triangle I described. Delaney's talking so exclusionary I to know. our our people who don't know about who don't know what the Bermuda Triangle is. But in pop culture, and sort of, I guess, in regular conversation, it's like this sort of zone where a lot of unexplained things yes. have happened. Yes. Ships have gone down, planes have gone down, people have gone missing, and there's no explanation. Sometimes they can't even find the wreck, oh. and people don't know why. Maybe there's a sick... Oh, no. You no, you go into the hypothetical. <laughs> I'm not going to try and come up with my own right now. So, um, many people have used a number of supernatural concepts to explain events. One explanation pins the blame on leftover technology from Atlantis. <laughs> so That is not... That's not what the first one you thought was going to be? Atlantis? No. That's not where my mind went right away. So, sometimes connected to the Atlantis story is the submerged rock formation known as the Bimini Road off of the island of Bimini in the Bahamas. Okay. um, Which is in the triangle by some definitions, but I said it's pretty loosely formed. So, um, (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot of people who followed this psychic named Edgar Case mm-hmm. uh, took his prediction that evidence of Atlantis would be found in 1968 as referring to the discovery of this rock formation. Right. So many people think it's a road wall or some sort of structure from Atlantis. Um, it's definitely from Atlantis and not you know, no, couldn't be anything else. Ancient civilizations that were around there. No, needs to be. Got to be. Needs to be a Atlantis. Some people hypothesize that it's a parallel universe that exists within that region, like a little portal that causes right, a Delane. warp. We're going. We're going back. We're going back. Uh, causes a time space warp that sucks the objects around it into a parallel universe. In Bermuda. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, others attribute it to a UFO or aliens. I mean, it, that's, that's usually our first It's choice. usually my first guess is aliens. Yeah. Okay, the cookies, they are... <laughs> they smell really good. They smell really good. They haven't flattened at all, so no, maybe we can we'll leave, leave them, them until for a they minute. brown for a little bit. We'll see. Okay. They're not going to have a lot of color because there's nothing in it except for lemon, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's... Pretty much anything you can imagine someone has guessed that it is. Ghosts? Yeah, probably. Ghost plane. Yes. Yeah. 100%. It's on the list. Ghost plane? Top of the list. It's above Atlantis. Atlantis <laughs> if you can believe it. Um, like, yeah, like I said, anything. Like, wormholes, <laughs> alien technology. Do you like, want to know what my suggestion was going to be before you started the list? What? Maybe there's like a... Like a weird like sinkhole thing like in the floor of the ocean there. That's not my only explanation That's... for maybe why you can't find the wreckages. Oh, see, or... that makes me so scared. I'm the sorry. fact that there's a hole there that we just it goes well, even deeper. Well, in Absolutely the Bahamas, there's um the, the oh, great blue hole. Yeah, I've right? seen it. No. Freak me the fuck out. Absolutely not. Like, I walked. It makes me want to throw up. I walked kind of near the edge of it. No. Oh. Naturally, Mm-mm. Kirk and Sarah swam over top of it. Oh, oh, it's like making me like heebie-jeebies. No. The thing about the the blue hole, though, is that um, people pass away from trying to free dive down to the bottom of it. It less so is like there's a force pulling it's not you like down. Sucking or you down. No, 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 no. But it oh. is unnerving to swim over top of something that has no bottom. No. Oh no. <laughs> oh my god. It's like giving me the biggest heebie-jeebies. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. I. Uh, but yeah, that was that was gonna be my. Don't thought. go down the thalassophobia TikTok rabbit hole if oh, you don't. If you're no. like me, because you'll never recover. So yeah, uh, people also think yeah some kind of weird. Like gravitational pull, like a wormhole vortex. Yeah. Um, okay, but there are more, it's more scientific Apparently theories. there are. Yes. So there are natural explanations for the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. <clears throat> so compass problems are apparently one of the most cited phrases in many triangle incidents. Yes. Well, if gravitational pulls are a thing. Right. So they have natural your, uh... magnetic variations, compasses, okay. in relation to the poles. Now, magnetic north and geographic north are exactly the same, only for a small number of places. Ah. Including, there's a line running from Wisconsin to the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. So, I don't really understand that. My brain doesn't really understand what that means. <laughs> I mean, we're not but, cartographers. You know, et cetera. Et cetera. Or whatever I else one might need to be. people who make maps. Yeah, I but. think so. But we're definitely not cartographers. <laughs> well, but yes. either way. But, like, it makes sense to me that, you know, there could be some kind of, I don't know, magnetic thing, anomaly. Sure. With the planet sure. where something goes wonky and fucks up your plane. Yes, I definitely... That especially seem... where it's in it's in the middle, right? So... Yeah, and that doesn't seem too strange to me. Nope. The Gulf Stream is another major uh, kind of potential target. Okay. No, suspect. 
so it's a major surface current, um, primarily driven by thermohaline circulation. Couldn't oh. tell you what that means. Um, in essence, though, it's a river within the ocean, basically, or like a river. And so it moves a little bit faster. It's a little oh, bit warmer. Oh, okay. I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, what Crush cruises through in uh, Finding Nemo. Okay. You know? Yes. They'll get in that little pipe. Uh, so a small plane making a water landing or a boat having engine trouble could be carried away in the Gulf Stream, theoretically. 100%. And then how could they find it? Right? It disappears. Yeah. Violent weather. Not surprising. Always Storms. a possibility. So hurricanes, uh, obviously there is no shortage of hurricanes off the coast of Florida, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico. Nope. nope um, no. I mean, the entire sinking of Francisco de Bobadilla's Spanish fleet mm-hmm. was um, one of the first recorded incidences of a destructive hurricane. That, okay. Like to that level. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, there's a lot of hurricanes that pass through there, uh, obviously that go up to the eastern seaboard. Um, and before there were weather satellites, mm-hmm. like people often had no warning of a hurricane's approach. So if you fly way out into the middle of the ocean, oh yeah, right, like you're not going to see a hurricane until it's too late, probably. No, you might get word over the radio, but <laughs> other than that, you're fucked. Yeah. Uh, so and a powerful downdraft, powerful downdrafts of cold air could also take something down, apparently. Mm-hmm. But so these are all kind of like weather extremes. But then there's something called a methane hydrate. Okay. Um, which are like uh, little, not little bubbles, but pockets of methane that I guess can cause some kind of disturbance up well, into the is, water yeah. and sink a ship, right? Oh, so, oh. yeah. Okay, oh, so here we go. So there was a laboratory experiment carried out in Australia. Mm-hmm. So uh, a methane hydrate is a form of natural gas on the continental shelves. Okay. So in this experiment, uh, they did prove that these methane bubbles can indeed sink a scale model of a ship by decreasing the density of the water. Dear Does that God. not melt your brain? Dear God. Uh, and any wreckage consequently rising to the surface would be rapidly dispersed by the Gulf Stream. So it's like a combo where this bubble comes up, goes bloop, the ship essentially just drops like a fucking stone. And like then the Gulf Stream just... Stone. Like a fucking stone. Yeah. And then the Gulf Stream whisks it away. And it would be so fast. Like, it would literally just be like... And then bloop, and then gone. Oh my god. Like, does that not freak you out? It does freak me out. Yeah. I don't love it. So it's been hypothesized that periodic methane eruptions called mud volcanoes produce uh, regions of frothy water that are no longer capable of providing adequate buoyancy for ships. The more you it's read... It's almost like weird liquefaction. The more scared I get. Yeah. It's like liquefaction in water somehow. Yeah. You know, like where it just goes, it's water quicksand. Water quicksand. And I always thought, I was like, maybe it would be like one of those uh, whirlpools. Well, see, that's kind of what I meant Maelstrom, by like, something, that's on the, what something on the ocean floor that would act similarly, right. where it would but just apparently, pull it right down. Yeah, meth- methane hydrates apparently are that thing that just kind of goes, sucks it right in. Oh, God. Perhaps the least exciting, but valid enough, human error. Yeah. <laughs> We're not a bright bunch. Human stubbornness may have caused, as an example, businessman Harvey Conover to lose his sailing yacht, the Revenock. Oh, as he sailed Not into the, the teeth of a storm ah. south of Florida on January 1st, 1958. Okay. Like, I don't really, like, why would you do that? He was just like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You know, I'm a great I'm a great sailor. I like, can sail through a hurricane, no problem. My vessel is more seaworthy than anything that's ever been out on the market before, <laughs> even though it's only 1958. Oh, and- she's seaworthy, all right. I'll tell you about it, Doug. <laughs> You'll see it in the papers. <laughs> you will see it in the papers. Um, 
So there really mm -hmm. is no single theory that solves the mystery of the Bermuda oh, Triangle. That's why it's so spooky. But which is kind of why I love it. Mm -hmm. So because every person who's basically trying to find a cause for what happens in the Bermuda Triangle, there's yes. a counter theory for it. Of course. So there's sort of something to counteract everything. Um, some people say there's no, like everything can be solved by a theoretic physical reason, yes, right? Like yes. theoretical physical reason, a storm okay. or methane hydrate or maelstrom or fucking whatever you want. Mud volcanoes. Classic mud volcanoes. Mud volcanoes should be above Atlantis. Really? Yes. Right. They should really. be. Really? But, I, so... We can get into Atlantis another day, because that's... I do, we should do one on we Atlantis, because it's very Atlantis. interesting. But, I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I know those are all pretty logical explanations, but, like, you can't just have something that's also called the Devil's Triangle and just leave it at a methane hydrate. And that's the thing, is that, like... With our modern technology, even today, like we still can't pinpoint right? the exact reason. And this is what I don't love. This is what I want to know. Like, why can we still not come up with a solid anything? I don't know. Although, if I were less risk adverse and had, you know, like all the money in the world, I would totally go to school to, school to become a scientist who literally just studies the Bermuda Triangle. Right, if you didn't have to worry about making money or anything. That's what I'm saying. Just, like, like, I would wealthy. just go down and live in the fucking Caribbean and like... Study the like. Study I would love to be one of those people that does a really niche topic and like dedicates their whole life to it. That's what I'm saying. Like, right? it would be so cool. For me to try, it would be right at the top of the list. Loch Ness monster, close second. Ooh, I think. Uh, oh, there's a lot that I'd want to get into. Yeah, there's too way too many. Atlantis. Atlantis to, to start. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of ancient civilizations under the water that we have no oh, idea. That fucks me up. Sorry. Just the knowledge. Sorry, this is not making it easier. No, for but it. the knowledge that there's just things that we just don't know about because the, the we don't people have that had the knowledge about them are also gone. Yes. Like that fucks me up. What are you cracking open there, bud? Oh, a little something. A little something. Is well, that perhaps an, un, an another unknown we're about to explore because the yes. cookies are done. The cookies are done, and we let them cool for a minute while we finished up our theories on. They're kind of like they look like little biscuits. They do look kind of biscuity. I hope they're good. They smell delicious. Yes, well, I'm going to pour some beverage. We're going excited. to each grab a cookie and sit down and enjoy. We'll be right back. All right. We back. Oh, it's nice and cozy in front of this heater. Yes. It's cold <sighs> enough, audience, that Delaney actually <laughs> is enjoying the fact that my heaters are on full yeah, blast. Yeah, I run extremely hot, so most days I'm dying inside, but that's all right. Yeah. Right now? Right now. The vibes are immaculate. Pristine. We got our cookies on a paper towel, <laughs> which I love. This is the way I would do it. Oh, yeah. I don't use a plate unless strictly necessary. Um, that so made fun. me sound like I would use paper towel. <laughs> spaghetti or something, but that's not true. So, okay, what do you got here? This smells incredible. Alrighty, so today, no pairing, no intentional pairing by any means. The, uh, the beverage that I purchased for us was something that I literally saw at work this morning and went, oh, I'm going to oh, try that. Oh, that sounds good. Let's do it for the pod. Oh, yeah. So we are having a uh, Piquette cider mm -hmm. from Sourwood. We love Sourwood. We love Sourwood. It's a local cidery here in Halifax. Um, so this is the Kissabelle Piquette. Um, and let me see here. 
So just a very quick uh, little background on Sourwood, mm. just because I think this is oh, the first product of theirs bit. that we've had on the pod. Mm -hmm. So they are, as I said, they're local based in Halifax, um, but all of the apples that they use to make their ciders are grown in the Annapolis Valley, yeah. which is about 45 minutes from here. That's where we go apple picking every year. Yes, and sometimes they make ciders aged on grape skins. Um, the last cider I saw of theirs that I got to try was actually blended with a bit of chaga. Chaga. Oh, the mushroom. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Which was very cool. It was pretty orange. Um, anyway, so uh, the Kissable Piquette 2020. Now Piquette, I believe we have had a, a true Piquette, the, uh, the Benjamin Bridge. Yeah, we did early on in the pod. Um, so for anybody who didn't get to listen to that episode or who doesn't remember exactly what a piquette is. It's a style of alcoholic beverage that traditionally is made by pouring water over top of leftover grape skins mm -hmm. after they've been, after the, like, the actual wine has been extracted from the tank or the barrel. Mm -hmm. So you pour water over these grape skins and it actually does turn into a really pleasing light beverage. Yeah, the piquette from uh, Benjamin Bridge is really nice. Yes. So um, the Kissabelle apples that were used, um, they're actually red. Which Ooh. is crazy because this, it does, it's not red at like, all. Like, how would you describe this? It's like a hazy, like, mm, I don't know. It's almost like a, it's not quite orange. It's not yellow. It's sort of, it's very cidery. Like, it's kind it of looks golden. Like pear juice. Yeah. yeah. Pear is a good way to, yeah. it's, it's beige. It is beige. <laughs> it's beige. It's beige, beige liquid. Hazy. It's a beige liquid. Um, so, this piquette actually is a byproduct of the cidery making their own pet nat, which is like a wild ferment style of cider mm -hmm. and also can be used for wine. So water was added to the pomace or like the mash of like yeah. leftover skins um, after racking the actual cider off that became the, the pet nat. Okay. So a lot of small batch fermentations coming out of uh, sourwood. And you know what? I'm always happy to see piquettes just because it does give the grape skins or the apple skins another life it's a good way to be sustainable and use yeah, the pomace again and uh yeah so this is three percent so alcohol good. content so this should be really light maybe a little bubbly little natural carbonation going on it smells incredible let's do it oh oh my goodness whoa, whoa. She tart. Yeah, way tarter than I thought. Whoa, she's really tart. Way but more tart than I was anticipating. I like Not it. Not in a bad way. I like it a lot. But like I was expecting like it smells to me like apple cider, like a like a warm like it could be a a heated yes. apple cider. That's got that really Well, I for one am sort of f cinnamony scent. This is this is tangy like uh not as Intense as like an apple cider vinegar, but like it does have that vibe though. It's getting it's getting there. Almost has an apple cider vinegar. It's getting energy. there, but it's really good. This is really nice. I am definitely a fan of a more. <laughs> I say a more dry cider. I want a bone dry cider, like for sure. I do not want a sweet apple flavor. Yeah, you're at not. All. You're not a like hay ride apple cider kind of. No, vibe. no, absolutely not. And I'm all, I'm all down for both. I like all of my ciders. Wow, that's really nice. Isn't that good? Oh. Yeah. I say that like I picked it out. Isn't that delicious? No, but you know what? I grabbed it not really knowing what to expect from it, just because I've never had a piquette made from apples before. It's unexpected. It doesn't have the density of like a regular cider taste. Oh. It's a little bit more fresh. All right, we ready to jump in on yeah. these cookies? Let's see what they taste like. They're uh, nicely golden. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's real good. It's a... 
It's a fluffy sugar cookie with just the slightest tang. Yeah. Has like, Those almost are good. Like, it's, yeah, it's almost like a little, it's like a super fluffy cakey inside. Yeah, it's, it's borderlining on, yeah, biscuit. Yeah, it's really, I'm very happy with that. Mm-hmm. We'll have to, we'll put the recipe up, but like, it's very simple. It's nice and light. I a good little choice, snack. my lord. Oh, thank you, my liege. Oh. Um, now that, I mean, we've freaked out about uh, the Bermuda Triangle and my fear of water for a little. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Any more scuba diving, <laughs> reckless uh, <laughs> treasure hunting? Yeah, any more reckless Tilly vacations that I want to divulge to the general public Or are today? you going to save them for Atlantis? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'm going to call back to um, a pop culture item that we do love. Mm. But we'd just like to remind everyone that the Bermuda Triangle was an unofficial character in the first Adams Family movie. It was! Because oh that God. was the whole fake thing about um, yeah, that's where Uncle Fester got, got lost. And then Wednesday's like, ask me anything about the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, she's obsessed with it. Wednesday adores the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, She's obsessed. She spends hours reading. And she, yeah, she has a big book about it right there. Sure does. Fester's a... Well, he wasn't a liar. But he also was. He, and he wasn't. I know. I still, still, that part of the movie confuses me sometimes a bit. Because he yeah. was actually lost. He was actually lost in the Bermuda Triangle, but then right. she found him. Yeah, the villain the found mom him. found him. Mm-hmm. And then convinced him that he was her son. And then he oh, finds boy. out the truth that he is an Adams. And that's how it goes. And, and that, Adams, and see, he is. And see, the Bermuda Triangle, as I predicted, was a big problem. For Fester Adams. <laughs> Not necessarily for me, but it was a big daily problem for Fester Adams. Sure was. And I'll and leave, uh, I'll leave it there. For the listeners, you know, I will I will definitely check in with my father and make sure he's not flying over the vortex that apparently exists in Ontario. I mean, we should see if he knows anything about it. I'm curious if he does know. I feel like he must. He's, an, he's an informed man. I'm sure. I feel like he does enough weird shit that he probably knows. Yeah. Kirk, report back. Please do. We're going to need to know. Yeah. And we will update you next week. Yes. All right, everybody. The vortex of Kirk Tilly. The vortex of Kirk Tilly. (laughs) All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye.